I mean, we were just sitting back, you know, <laughs> chopping it up, reminiscing about the good old days and all that. <laughs> you know, tracking my roots, where I came from and where I'm going. But like I say, man, always said it. It's not about the destination. It's all about the journey. Today on Seedless Watermelon, I think we're going to be talking about budgets. Budgets. Everybody's favorite thing to do. Ooh. <laughs> it's definitely a dreaded word, I think, for most people. I think, though, in this financial climate, it's starting to become a buzzword. Yeah. Something people are saying more often and talking about budgeting. We're seeing internet pages. We're seeing IG pages. Um, things all over the interwebs talking about budgeting and financial responsibility and saving money so it's a lot less dreaded than it used to be yes you can agree with that yeah i could agree with that um you know a lot of people out there i mean you showed me prior to us starting this episode all the different budget sheets out there and people are getting really creative and really turning budgeting into a pretty interesting and fun activity so I- i'm boring so you know i, I like to do mine you know a little, a little of the old way with you know. I don't use pen, pencil and paper or anything like that. But mm-hmm. I mean, like I'm, I'm pretty. Mine is pretty straightforward and everything else. But people like to get creative, and there's nothing wrong with that. But you use Excel, and I mean, there's still there's people selling Excel spreadsheets on Etsy. There are people into mm-hmm. that. So I don't know. It's boring. So much people are using electronic. They're using apps. They're using other online sites to sort of you know you know manage their fun finances. I just thought it'd be fun today to talk about. You know how we budget uh, because we definitely have two individual styles um and then also just what are some of the things we learned along the way we of course want to hear what you guys have learned about budgeting and if you do budget at all if you're struggling to start or anything like that um and sort of what it helps you with when you actually decide to start uh watching your money and where it goes what's up y'all this is al Thanks for listening to Seedless Watermelon, and we'll be right back. Okay, so I budget because I need to know what exactly, where my money is going. That makes sense. A lot of people do. Right. So, like, I spent a lot of money on lunch. Mm -hmm. So, that's why I need to budget and make sure that I reduce how much money I'm spending on lunch. And I'm actually seeing how much money I'm spending on lunch. Okay. And you used to eat. I mean, I, you are, right now, I know you have different financial goals, but you used to pretty much eat out every day. Yeah. Eat Chipotle every day, pretty mm-hmm. much. Um, Same but, food. <laughs> but, okay. So, in my budget, I have things like I keep all of my fixed payments. So, things like rent, things like my car insurance. That's These are, these are payments that are not going to change month to month. And I think that that's the point of having a budget is that you have a roadmap. So you have, it's just a budget is basically a roadmap. It's not meant to like punish you. It's just a roadmap to show where your money is going to be going once it hits your account. Um, And like whatever goals you're setting for yourself, a budget is going to help you to outline. This is how I get here. It's a plan. Right. I mean, 
And it's important that you have it written down, whether it's electronically or on paper, because I mean, let's be real. If you start putting it in your mind, you start trying to do that mental math of where your money is going, you're going to be wrong almost 100 percent of the time. Your money going to be going, you be broke. Right. You, <laughs> right. You're going to look at your bank account. You're going to be like, we, I, I forgot about that. I forgot that I bought that. And now you in a world of hurt. And it's crazy because I think initially we all kind of start off with that idea of willpower. Like, I understand. Like, I only have a set amount of bills. It shouldn't be that difficult. But I agree with you. Writing it down makes it real. Mm -hmm. And it also just gives you a visual application of the thing that is in your mind. Because, you know, throughout the day, you're looking at your Instagram. You're doing other stuff. You're looking at your social media. There's a thousand things going in and out of your head, including work and personal life stuff. Being able to try to keep your finances there is just crazy. Yeah, exactly. So... But um, but but with my budget, I already talked about the fixed payments. Mm-hmm. Um, then I have what I call in my spreadsheet revolving payments. So I want to h- outline here that when you say spreadsheet, you use Excel. Yes. Okay. And so you created a spreadsheet that yep. allows you, uh, for the more analytical minds in the room, that allows you to sort of get a fix on what your budget is going to look like. Is it a monthly thing? Um, yeah, it's a monthly thing. Okay. Um, basically, I just copy and paste the same uh, uh, last month. I just copy and paste that to this month. Copy and paste is your best friend. Yeah, it very much is. Um, and, you know, I just remove, uh, um, I change the numbers that reflect that month. And, um, you know, I pretty much go from there. And then I just do it every month. And so this is, I know in a lot of times, and this is people who use Microsoft Word. I mean, a lot of us do. Shout out to the PC users. Um, but you also have a Mac, so mm-hmm. you can use it on any one. But specifically in Excel, is this one where when you change the numbers, it automatically generates? So this is just one where you literally are just typing in your numbers. Um, I change in my numbers and it automatically generates like a new total. Is okay. that Yeah, it yeah. generates a new total. Okay. So if I change the rent payment for whatever reason or I change, I have a credit card bill or whatever the case is, I can just put in a new amount and it'll change the total. Okay. You know, so, um, you know, it, it, that's one of the nice things about Excel. Yeah. Um, another nice thing is that because it's electronic, I can I can put it on my phone. I can put it in the cloud, you know, even though some people don't like that idea security wise, but I can put it there and I can access it anywhere. So um, and it's much easy, you know, it's easier for me to archive. So then you can if I have spreadsheets for five, six years, I can actually use the search features in the computer. And he pulls up his spreadsheets from four (laughs) years ago all the time. I'm a personal witness. But, um, yeah, I think the electronic process is great. And I know you can get a lot of those things online. So if you're not like an Excel person Mm -hmm. or user, but you do want to try it out, um, you can go on Etsy and and purchase those. Uh, I think Microsoft Word even has like a basic uh, one for free. If you're in Microsoft Excel, they may have like a budgeting sheet in the templates Mm -hmm. that's already created for you. Um, maybe we'll get out to create one and put it on to uh, attach it to this episode that anybody can use mm-hmm. uh, if they want to start with that. But it is a great way to kind of keep your stuff electronic. I'm a little bit on the other end. Mm-hmm. So you are more of the Excel person. And all I can use Excel and I have no issues using it. Um, I'm still an old school write down person. Right. So um, I I normally get like a journal or a book. Yeah, nothing um, wrong with that. And I get that once a year. Um, and then I use that for my financial journal. Now, online, there's whole communities now where you can get these little fancy, cute sheets. 
maybe $10 under so that you can do it. And I have some of those too. I had a budgeting notebook last year. I saw it. It was all color coded and cute. Yeah. I'm one of those people. I'm a creative. She, yeah. And she had the little calculator right next to the book. It was, it was, <laughs> it's kind of funny to see, but yeah, I'm, I'm a creative. So I like, like colorful stuff, fun stuff. It keeps me energized because budgeting for me is something that I don't actually hate as much as I used to, but it's also something that for me, I have to be um, excited about it helps when you have those other tools. So for that side of the house, it definitely is something where you can get spreadsheets online. I'll attach a few of my favorite to the uh, episode that are just free uh, and to download, just make several copies of them Kinko's or at your job or whatever, don't get fired, um, <laughs> that you can make that allow you to uh, sort of handwrite your budget in. And they have one for monthly and for biweekly. So what are some of the categories on the Excel spreadsheet that you use? Okay, so I mentioned earlier fixed payments, mm-hmm. um, the, you know, your rent, your car insurance. If you have a car note, that's probably not going to change yeah. month to month. It's a set payment. So um, I have a category for that. Um, another category I have is um, revolving payments, the, the stuff that changes, you know, okay. your electricity bill. Um, you know, maybe like your, uh, you know, other fees or things like that. Gas is one, um, you know, water is another, these things change each month. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I may put some other categories in there, like, you know, like, a like a Spotify or Netflix entertainment stuff. They don't really change, but they can change in the sense that, Hey, one month I want to pay for the 4K for Netflix, so that's $12.99. And I decide, eh, I don't really like that. I don't really need it. So let me go back to the basic plan or whatever it is. So that's what that. That's where those things go. And I want to point out, based on what he's saying, again, all of these bills are your regular monthly uh, expenses. It's just that he's broken them down by things that are set and fixed, meaning that your rent is always the same each month until right. your new lease or whatever starts over. So that bill will always be the same amount versus something like, your cell phone bill well your cell phone bill can also be set too right a gym membership can be set but let's say for instance um you have well this is not part of that but like a credit card is not necessarily a set amount if you have a credit card Mm -hmm. so um that could change month to month and that's a that's a revolving payment that is can fluctuate Mm -hmm. and so he has those categories set up to divide so you know okay these set amounts i know i'm paying the same thing every month and these other amounts are amounts that are can vary my water bill can change depending on my usage so he has that developed uh you know divided up in that way but you can set up your your budget however you like but it is helpful sometimes to just know what the set amounts are versus like what those amounts are mine's a different um so i just base it off of uh, my, well, my bills have been different over the last year, but um, I do have it set up like that. Basically, I have mine divided by my bill due dates, mm-hmm. so that's what I look at. Oh, you um, actually for my budget. The, you actually look at the due dates. I know what all my bill due dates are. Like I can recite those. So for me, um, I have spreadsheets that I use, or sheets that I use, or you could just write it down in a book. I usually do. Maybe like every couple of every quarter, every six months, I look at what my um, bills are and I just write down like all of my bills that I have Mm -hmm. and when the due dates are for those. So that includes debts, anything like that. And then I know what those are. So for me, as a person who gets paid biweekly, and we'll get into that a little bit later, it helps for me to have all my bill due dates because I know what's due between the 1st and the 15th, let's say, and what's due between the 15th and the 30th. So whatever my two pay periods come for that month or sometimes three with those lucky months, um, 
I know the first half of this, uh, I have to pay these bills from it. And the first half of that, I have to pay these bills from it. So that's how I look at my budget with the with the uh, things. So you do more of a monthly budget thing. I do more of a biweekly. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit more micro and a little bit more... Um, I'm a little bit uh, weird with it because mine is every two weeks. And I'm a, he's, a, he's a lot more relaxed in terms of the lean back and saying, hey, I got my monthly budget thing going. I'm more of a every two weeks, I'm like, where's my paycheck going to this <laughs> or that? So, but the categories are uh, like really important because I know you also have a category for um, other bills that have to be paid that you didn't anticipate. Right. So, um, you know, things like you may have a situation where, okay, I have a car, no, uh, car maintenance, you know, that's a bill that I didn't anticipate. So I'm going to put that on my, on my monthly, you know, plan. Cause you're looking my at an outlook budget. or right. overlook. Right. Exactly. So okay. I know where my money went. So yeah. when do you normally plug in your stuff? So you have a monthly spreadsheet, we get it. You have all the categories there and those can change month to month because sometimes you will eliminate categories as well. Mm-hmm. For me, if I'm doing a budget for that month and this is a bill that I'm, I had to pay and needs to be paid off. So for y'all, that could be your afterpay bill. That right. could be your QVC. We know you're out there shopping with stuff that y'all can't afford um <laughs> so you know and then we've been there so <laughs> nobody's judging it you know what i'm saying but if you they're good people if you have after pay uh-huh. if you have after pay or if you have something else that's about to be paid if you have a car note that you're about to be done with that's not going to be a bill next month so um for those things that's when you would want to sort of include that mm-hmm. yeah okay. definitely so um that's that's pretty much how i and it all it all when i sit down and do these budgets um, I think you bring up a good point, which we'll talk about later, is a lot of this, you know, timing of when you do your budgets, it kind of depends on, you know, when you pay your bills and when you pay your bills depends on when you get paid. So, you know, because I get paid a set, you know, amount of time, you know, a set, you know, twice a month, it's set that way. So I know when I'm going to get paid. Um, and what you're talking about as is that you get paid two times in a month the same time every month right so for people exactly. that say in the military that get paid on the, the 15th first, and the 30th right then you always get paid or the first and the 15th those two dates literally are the dates every single month the first and the 15th that's different from somebody who like me who gets paid bi-weekly my my dates change with the calendar yep so i don't get paid on the first and the 15th i get paid twice in a month but they could be on any date for the days that i normally get paid exactly so because I know that in advance, um, the advantage I have is, okay, I can say, all right, these, this is what I'm going to pay or whatever the case is. And then I just go on my spreadsheet and that's when I update things. And, you know, I have a little step. One other thing I meant, forget, forgot to mention was I have a little comment section, you know, so I may say, hey, this particular bill is auto paid or this particular bill is was um auto included, yeah <laughs> included with another bill so like my water is included with the rent mm-hmm. so that's you know when i get a bill for the rent i get a category for the rent and then i get another line for the water so i paid the community the rent and the water together mm-hmm. but you know the way my bills are the way my budget is outlined i have them in separate categories but i have a comment that says it's included with the rent because that bill, even though the rent is the same, the water bill can fluctuate depending on your usage. Exactly. So that's why you have it underneath your revolving payments. Exactly. And so if you want to break that down, um, 
that's a great way to do that as well because like he said he's that's a fluctuating payment so the rent is set and even though it's included with the rent the rent could go up technically if your water usage was to go up or if your electricity or if your gas was to go up or whatever it is that you have uh in your regular monthly bills um i personally don't do that as much so i know like with my rent if it's included then you know i'm just paying that what i tend to do is if i, I get my information um because some people get their water separately metered it's not included in their rent yeah that's so you that's when your regular bill you would just sort of put that there now what you should be noticing and what should be happening is that your water bill should not fluctuate dramatically mm-hmm. so what will happen in a case like that if you're somebody who pays that monthly payment every month and maybe you don't want to break it down by those categories, there should be an estimate that you have for what your water bill should be. Right. Now, if that's coming up where like one month you're paying $32 and the next month you're paying 115, you need to talk to the water company. Right. But um, <laughs> And that's the same thing with electric. So if you don't have that situation where, where your utilities are included in your rent, then that's a separate category that you, that's a separate line item that you have in your, um, that category. And you need to be making sure that you just put an estimate in there. That way it just helps you with the budget offhand. So at least you're estimating in your mind, my water bill is about $110 a month. Or my internet is about, well, internet should be fixed payment. But that that this is going to be around this amount. But if it's fluctuating a lot or going up a lot or changing a lot, even with depending on the season, you need to look at how much you're using and ways to reduce that. And then also if you're being improperly metered. And that's why for me still... Uh, I vary on whether or not I do electronic bills or I still get paper statements. Shout out to people who still get paper statements. I'm mad annoying to the companies because I still like to see my statements on paper. Me pulling out my mail and opening up and looking at it, I tend to look at the bill more realistically. If it gets sent to me an email, I kind of get forget about it. And this varies person to person. So, so let me ask you this, because a lot of the companies, they offer you the statement, the same exact statement that they're going to mail you. They Pay offer bullets. it online. Mm-hmm. So by getting it, requesting that they mail it to you, is that your technique for making sure you look at it? Yes. Okay. So that's that's the only reason I still do some paperless. Mm-hmm. I have gone to some electronics for bills that are very small or relatively say the same i don't request those anymore shout out to verizon so uh i keep those just electronic but for some statements i still make sure i get a paper statement because it forces me to read it Mm -hmm. um and that was something that i found that i wasn't doing when i started doing the e-bills or let it go all electronic and save paper what they would allow me to do is just i would get so you get so many emails you don't read them and so if you are being improperly charged or if your bill is higher than you thought because you're not reading your statements, you don't know. If you are somebody that's really good on keeping up on your bills or dividing it up in your email where your bill statements go into a sectional thing, shout out to you. If you are not, that may be a way for you to make sure that you're paying attention to how much you're being charged or overcharged. Yeah, definitely. So I'm not <laughs> I'm not looking through all those statements. I mean, that might be a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if something... What I tend to look for is, okay, are the numbers relatively the same as they were last month? I mean, if I'm paying $60 a month for electricity and then the next month is $65, i am not going to, you know. Yeah. You know, That's a $5 flux. Yeah, it's a yeah. $5 flux. So, I mean, you know, something, you know, it's not but that. You charge me $110. Now, yeah, now if it's $110, okay, something's up. But see, I wasn't even looking at 
the statement. So like I would just assume it was that amount. And because that's, let's say if you do automatic payments that's being debited out of your account, you think you covered your whole bill. Right. You don't realize because you didn't look at the statement that you're 60, if your bill was 100 and you normally pay 60, you've only paid 60 and you still owe 40. Right. So that's why I think it's important that you make sure if you're not, you don't have to do paper statements, you can do online, but you need to be checking those online statements each month and just making sure everything lines up. Mm, exactly. So. so what was categories, 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 we're sort of all over the place with them. What was for you the mindset that got you one into budgeting and then into being into like breaking down these categories because this sounds the it's the wave right now mm-hmm. and it sounds all fun but it, it is and can be very boring and tedious right. um, but it's a necessity it just is you have to figure out where your money is going you need a roadmap for where your finances is going you need a plan for what you're doing with your money or you will be all over the place so what got you into the mindset that budgeting was important? Um, so I was reading a book, um, you know, Stock Investing for Dummies. Okay. So there's a chapter in that book where the guy's talking about, you know, in order for you to be serious about investing your money, you need to have money to invest pretty much. And, um, you know, he had a very brief section in the book in one of the chapters where he talked about calculating your total net worth. And before you get to your total net worth, you need to be able to calculate how much money you have left over. So basically what he was saying was do a budget. So um, that's when I started doing the budget on paper at first. And then I said, you know, I was making mistakes and then having to cross things out. And then my budget paper got really, you know, it got really disorganized and unreadable. So um, then I said, you know what, let me just do this in an Excel spreadsheet. So that way I can easily delete and remove and add things and all that other good stuff and everything else. So that's sort of what got me in that mindset, because I got to a point where I wanted to start investing my money. Um, And that's what he was saying I should do in the book. Um, I never finished that book and I've been meaning to finish it. But um, but that's sort of what got me in that mindset was that I really wanted to I was at a place where I really wanted to start growing my money. And this guy's advice was basically just saying, like, look, the bottom line is you got to be able to in order to invest money, you got to have it. And in order for you to have it, you have to know where your money is going. Exactly. So that's what sort of got me in that mindset. So I actually also read Stock Investing for Dummies. So, mm-hmm. And I agree, I didn't finish reading the whole thing. So that is a TBR for both of us for 2020. Yeah, I, um, I want the viewers to pick up that book and read it too. I mean, yeah. you know, it, it doesn't have to be Stock Investing for Dummies, but read anything that... Um, Read anything that that <laughs> read anything that um, you know that'll that'll empower you in terms of your knowledge about investing or anything like that. But you know, so what got what was your mindset? Um, so my mindset for budgeting was based on I think employment. I think in, initially as a younger person, I had always been a little half and half with it, but I, it wasn't instilled early into me and my um, my sibling to make sure that we were, me and my sister, to make sure that we were um, saving something mm-hmm. from our paychecks. But I was pretty young. So when I first got my official real, real job, I knew I had to like make changes in budgeting. And I did that when I was in college, middle way. 
And then like my official one or two jobs outside of college when I first graduated were like that. And then my official uh, career position was that of really sitting down and saying like, it's important for me to budget. Actually found a budget sheet and I was looking for it earlier today on Microsoft Word. I can't find it anymore. I'll try to, I'll try to dig through my archives and see if I still have it. But I just really needed to understand the categories because when people throw the word budget at you, it just can mean anything. Yeah. And I kind of felt lost with that. And I think a lot of people do initially. So it was helpful for me to figure out like, okay, I get the budget part. I get that it's a plan. What categories need to be in that plan? And there's so much information out here today that just gives you the initial categories. The internet is a godsend on terms of you finding information on budgets, how a basic budget should work. When you get to the percentages, it's a choice, I think, with that. Um, there's always standard information on how much you should spend for certain reasons. But we know people's costs vary based on the city you live in, the type of job you have, your financial situation. So yeah, we talked about that before, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's important that um, you just at first just get yourself acclimated with the categories. You know, what your, like you said, what your fixed things are, what other things are going to be revolving, what things are going to be things that may eventually disappear. Uh, if you're making student loan payments, hopefully not forever. If you're paying a car note, hopefully not forever. So there are things that at some point you plan on paying off totally, hopefully not reaccumulating those things. Um, but just that was really important to me. The budget mindset came because I was young and I was like broke. Until mm. the next paycheck. And that was something that wasn't fun. No, I was like, where's my money going? And, and a lot of it was just sitting back and saying, okay, the next, I initially started off with like a, a journal. You know, I'm obviously a writer. Uh, I have a degree in journalism. So that's probably where some of that comes from. But initially I was like, let me just write down everything for a week of where my money's going every time I make a transaction. And that was just a simple piece of paper I would just keep with me. And every time I made a transaction, I was writing it down. So that showed me where my money was actually going each month. This is before creating a full budget. Just if you're starting out, just getting a piece of paper and a pen and every transaction that you make with your money, write down the amount and a number. And at the end of the week, look to see where your money is going. Yeah. And that certainly helps you to see how your spending habits are. I think Mint does this for you now too, electronically, if you have the Mint app. Uh, I still think about paper is helpful because it, it stays in your mindset to constantly do it. And then from there, you can sort of create a budget. Like how much am I spending in food? Am I spending too much going out for brunch, meeting up with the girls, meeting up with the guys? Am I doing too much in other categories, too much travel, things like that, that are costing me, you know, tons of money. But it was pretty much being broke yeah. after every check is what, <laughs> you know, got me into budgeting. Well, I mean, yeah, living paycheck to paycheck, it's not fun. It isn't. It, it is one of the worst feelings in the world. And, you know, that's definitely a time that you should really start looking at your budget. Um, and seeing where you can cut some things or see where, you know, your spending habits, you know, are, are going astray. So um, I, I definitely think, you know, that that's that's a trying time for you to really do a budget. Um, so what, what to the people, to all of our listeners, you know, what what made you budget? What what are the, some of the things if you're not budgeting? What are you thinking about budgeting now? What are your struggles with it? Why are you? apprehensive or what what are you finding is the issue with you sort of getting on to some sort of schedule with your money all right so you know you want a budget and you know what you're budgeting for but how do you put that budget together the tools that we use to make our budgets coming up next 
Got me jaded. I see that you never grew from cracks off in the pavement. All them likes on Instagram don't really mean you made it. She said, I, I think uh, it, it, we go around some good stuff right now as far as like the mindset that goes into uh, trying to get ready to do a budget. Basically, you don't want to be broke, you want to know where your money is going. Um, and budgeting helps you and gives you a timeline of what's going on with those finances and gives you a roadmap for where you want your future uh, money to be going. But let's talk a little bit about some of the tools that you use. I think sometimes we get into like, oh, we're budgeting, we're doing this, we're doing that. What are some of the things that you either purchased or you made yourself or just like initially helped you on your journey starting off with budgeting? Um, Well, we've already talked about Excel. So I'm not going to get too much into that. If you have a computer, a laptop, Microsoft Excel. Yeah, Excel is one of them. Um, Another one is um, like the, the apps that your bank may have, mm-hmm. um, I make sure I get all of those. Okay. Um, that way I can check my account balances at any time. So mobile banking apps. Yeah, mobile banking apps and things, you know, those tools. And most of them are free, which is the best part. Um, another tool that I use is, you know, just some of the features, like we talked about auto pay or, you know, um, you know, setting up uh, payments. And it doesn't always have to be bill pay. You could just like, for instance, I have in my um, in my accounts, I transfer money from one bank account to the other. And I do that every month and I can set that up in the application to do that. Now, I get paid. Remember, we talked about being paid at set times, time, set yeah. times, right? I can do that because, you know, I know when I'm going to get paid so I can set up those reoccurring things. But that's some of the tools that I like to use. Um now, let me ask you this with the online bill pay. Well, well, two things. So let me ask you this with the mobile app, because this is just more of a technology question and more so of a safety question. I noticed now a lot, and I think this is important, that with mobile apps, there's a lot of saving of your information, your mm-hmm. passwords, things like that. I noticed a couple of mobile apps are starting to ask for fingerprints yep. and asking for like scans of things. I still don't do fingerprints. I only do codes. Um, but there's a lot of double authentication things Two-factor. coming out on these apps. Mm-hmm. So what are some ways people can sort of um, be careful as far as safety is concerned with some of these mobile apps when it comes to that? Because now people are asking for two steps. They're, you put your code in, they still want to text you something or call you. Mm-hmm. But then if you make your phone a safe place for them to do it, you may not have to do both steps. But then they're asking for like your fingerprints. I would suggest not using your fingerprints, but I know that you yeah, I do with the, the Apple. Yeah, I do with the thumbprint. Okay. Um, I mean, I was against using the thumbprint for a while, but I just tried it one time and I got hooked. Okay. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Um, you know, especially like, let's say you're driving or something like that. And I'm not suggesting anybody use their phone while they're driving. Um, but if I just wanted to look at something really quickly, like being preoccupied, I could just you know, use my thumbprint and it would just come up. I didn't have to tap, you know, do all of that finger tapping and everything else. Um, but as far as like, um, like you said, you could you could continue using the codes, the pin numbers and things like that. Um, when it comes to two factor, I think like you can use your password or you can use your pin, like you said, and then they'll text you something else. They'll text you or email you. You can do email in a lot of these things. You don't have to use um, your phone. Yeah, you don't have to use text. You can do email. Or they'll call you. Or they'll call you. That's another way you can do it. But 
um, my thing is, hey, look, I email to me was just too cumbersome because then I would have to go to the email app and then you got to put your password in for the email or whatever it is. Or if you have it straight to your phone, that's not a bad. That's not bad, at least for some people. It yeah. Isn't. But um, then you got to go through the email. Then I may have four or five messages above what they sent me. And then I got to go open up the message and then get the, the, the whatever code that they sent me. So that's why I use text. And um, on my iPhone, it has a feature where I open up the text message that they send me with the code. And then when I go back to the application, it'll automatically show me the uh the code that they sent me. boo apple shout out to the android users i mean i'm sure android has the same i'm sure android has the same thing heck i'd probably wager that android had it before apple did but i don't know so but, but whatever i think like the key is just use what you feel comfortable with um i'm actually a big proponent of not saving a lot of your passwords on your phone automatically i know some of our phones will automatically like the web want to save yeah. or like cookies wise wants to save your information yeah so just be careful about saving all your stuff i actually am a little bit more paranoid than him so i am more so like i don't even have all my mobile apps on my phone i only have like one or two i always just had this feeling of my phone ever got lost Somebody could see, like, I had a, you know, a Discover card or a Bank of America app, but they might not know all the banks that I have. Right. So I don't keep, I don't do all my mobile apps on my phone. I maybe use, like, one or two or three that are on there that are from my banks. Anything else, I just look up online. Um, I've never felt the need to use too many mobile apps. Like, my credit union, they're not that progressive. They're pretty, you know, old school to a certain degree. So they still do some things new, but... The majority of the time, I'm not really checking for that. So that's a major account for me, but that I put a lot of money in and I don't put that, put that on my phone. Um, but the other ones, like regular mobile banking that has all of these different things, that's on there. But um, I don't download every mobile app onto my phone that has all my financial information in case my phone ever got lost. This person won't know every bank account I have. Um, and I still do codes. I don't do the thumbprints. I'm not giving you all my scans. Um, but I know that it's still a safe technology and it's, it's moving more towards that way. But if you don't feel like giving away your retinal scan or your thumbprint, then don't, if you feel comfortable doing that, and if it's more convenient for you, cause putting in the code can be annoying at times, mm-hmm. then go with that as well, but do what works for you in that, in that way. So, um, we talked about you having a spreadsheet, you created your own, mm-hmm. but you can, um, also purchase. Right. Uh, spreadsheets that are pre-created for you. So if that's not your thing, you can certainly uh, do that. Yeah, me personally, I'm not. I'm not. You know, down with paying for a spreadsheet template. I'm not telling you not to, but I'm if you're not, not good at yeah, it, it might I'm be a way not, for you to. Yeah. But you know, if if you want to buy one, or if you see one, like you said, if you're into like some those really colorful, cute ones or whatever the case, then yeah, you know, but that's just not me. I'm not going to spend money on a spreadsheet mm-hmm. template. But And this is, again, if you are somebody who's not very, uh, if you're trying out Excel for the first time or you're just not very um, knowledgeable in Excel, it could be a great way to start. The templates run anywhere from like 5 to $10. Um, and you could obviously use it over and over again once you have it. Or you can create your own if you want to save some dollars or you're really good in Excel, then you can just make your own template. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, we'll try to get those up for you or like links to, to other templates. Um, for me, something that was critical, it's a simple $8, but you can go to Dollar Tree and get this. You can get them from almost anywhere. You can use your phone. Although I have a separate one for this reason was a calculator. So I went and just got a basic tax calculator from uh, Amazon. It was like eight bucks. 
um, and it's a real lifesaver. Um, I know a lot of people have their calculator on their phone, mm-hmm. but the reason I don't use that is because if I wanted to look something up and I didn't want to open up my laptop and do all this and I'm just working on my budget, I would use the internet on my phone. Then I have to keep switching between the app for the calculator and the internet. So it's just helpful for me to have a separate calculator and I use my phone for any looking up of stuff that I want to look up. And I'll have my paper with me when I decide to do my budgeting. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's but that's why I use the spreadsheet because all the calculator calculations are built in. But I understand what you're saying. Um, a calculator, one, it's a separate thing. Secondly, um, mo- like the calculator that you have has nice big buttons on it. Um, it even has like a little the digital comma in it, so you can you know see the the money, the uh, the commas between the spaces and everything. Um, so I kind of like the old school calculator approach. Um, I'm not into the, I mean, the calculators on the phones are, are, are con- good convenience tools to add things up quickly, but I don't see me doing like a, a budget or anything large with those things. But, um, but it does save you a history and that's kind of nice. Cause I've gone, when you are using a regular calculator, um, I'm going through like going through four or five things. I didn't write the last number down and I got to do it over again. The calculator on your, um, if you're using Microsoft 10 mm-hmm. or if you're using, um, calculator on your phone, a lot of times it'll save the history. So you can go back and see what that last number or set of numbers is that you did. So it can work in both ways, but yeah. Um, now this is one of the things, um, that I think is really advantageous for when you have, when you do things in the phone. Let's say you're at Target or Walmart and you set a budget to spend $100 there. Um, As you're picking up items, you can put that in your phone. If you have a spreadsheet, like a spreadsheet program in your phone, you can put those items in there and the price and you can actually, you know, see how much money you're spending sort of, you know, in real time by putting the items in there. Um, I think there are tools out there. There's probably tools out there that are a lot more sophisticated than doing that. I'm not familiar with them. Um, maybe people in the, you know, some of our listeners can put us on to some more advanced tools for, you know, when you're shopping and staying within your budget. When like you a shop. tracker. Exactly. So, um, you know, having a phone in, 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 in that sense is very advantageous to make sure you stay within budget so mm. you don't end up overspending when you're going to walmart or target or anything like that and you know target will have you out here spending your last because this is <laughs> you walk in with a concept of one thing you walk out with 10 items it's just how it is target target has us seduced in that capacity <laughs> you sort of i'm just going here to get toilet paper and the next thing you know you walk out with that oh, and oh, oh them Cost- costco fans are worse see i mean so, <laughs> costco is worse walmart is a problem as well so i think like saying that's a good idea when you're staying in budget or if you're going out for like a saturday and you know you're going to run errands setting a, a amount of what you're going to spend and that's part of what comes into like your fix you know, amounts and things like that. And we'll sort of get into that a little bit later. And the episode just tools you can use to sort of, uh, you know, pace yourself forward with making sure that you're not overspending when you're stopping into these places to get regular everyday household items. Because that's really where the enticement happens. Mm -hmm. You're usually going in there for something you do need and you're walking out with a whole bunch of stuff you don't need. You don't need, exactly. So, So, um, yeah, but um, one last thing on Excel I wanted to bring up, you know, there's people out there that, you know, are pretty intimidated by Excel. Um, you know, there's a, you know, YouTube and Google are your best friends 
for really maximizing how to use these tools. I'm not an Excel expert, um, but there's a million and one Excel experts out there who have YouTube channels and videos that you can reference to just get a get a handle on the basics. I mean, the basics is all you really need to set up a budget. So I don't want people hearing Excel and saying, oh, man, now I got to go read a book or I got to go, you know, mess up, spend hours and hours. It, really, to make a budget in Excel, you just need to know the basics. That's it. And you probably can go onto YouTube and find people who literally will have a video on how to make a budget in Excel. Yeah, that And too. just literally put that in the search category. And I'm sure it'll pull up a thousand people who will show you how to make one. Just click the easiest video. Um, and a lot of times what I do is I'll look at the video with the most views. Sometimes that's a great way to show what probably was the easiest person to follow. Um, and that can vary. Sometimes it's the person that you that doesn't have the most views that had the simplest video. But a lot of times they'll look at like either how long is the video and also how many views. Usually people who have been viewed millions and millions of times um, probably have the best video that people have liked as far as like learning how to set up a budget and specifically... Um, looking for videos sometimes that are newer in age. And you can do all of that search in YouTube to see like, okay, 2019, how to set up a budget. That way you know you're using the most updated information because the software has changed. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to go back to like something from 2004 when the software has changed and there are new buttons and tabs and all of that that you, you can use in Excel. Um, so you mentioned, you, mentioned um, you follow a lot of what Dave Ramsey um, you know, prescribes. I'm not, I, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying you're a zealot or you're, the, you know, one definitely of not. Who are hardcore? I like Dave a lot too. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I don't, I don't follow everything he says, and I don't think you should either. But um, one, I remember re I read his book, the, the Total Money Makeover. Yes. And one of the things he, if I remember correctly, he said you should do is when it comes to you know paying your bills and budgeting, you know, to help you get there. You should use cash, um, actual physical cash. And he was saying that, you know, what you should do is take take the cash that you have, your paycheck, for instance, take your paycheck. Um, if you have, let's say you plan on spending $300 for uh, shopping, right, for food and that sort of thing. He was saying basically take the $300, put it in the envelope for just that. And then you should do the same thing, like for your bills. You have, for your bills, you take um, $200 for your bills, you put it in a cash envelope, and you know you separate your money with cash in different envelopes. And when it comes time to spend money for those things, you take it out of that envelope, the cash. And you know, that's- So envelope cash system. Envelope cash system. So me, I don't like cash, like, physical cash i'm not a big fan of it because if you lose it um you know there's really it's really you're not, it, it, you have to hope on hope on a person's goodwill if they're going to return yeah not them i i mean with with dave with the cash uh, envelope system and he's not the only person that follows that belief there's a couple of other right. financial gurus who live by that and there's quite a few people in community on social media that follow that as well for me i'm not a big fan of the cash system me neither um I, I guess just based on age, millennial age, I don't. I grew up in the electronic era, right? So it's a lot easier for me to use my debit card and my check cards to sort of manage my money. Yeah, let's be clear. The, We're talking about debit 
physical cash versus debit cash. Yeah. We're not saying use credit cards. We're just saying like if you have a, a debit card, it's a lot easier for me to track that because the bank is also tracking it because that's what's coming out of your account. Um, I think it's really critical, however, um, to know a couple of things about your bank, like when your bank actually, how they calculate your money. And they tell you this upfront. And if not, just simply call your bank. You have to do the work. So part of being uh, what we're talking about throughout this entire budget thing is learning how not to be as lazy with your money as you used to be. So you have to be a little bit more proactive. One of the ways is to call your bank and find out how they debit things. Or you can go onto their website and they'll tell you, hey, we take the biggest purchases out of your account first mm-hmm. or make sure that the total that's showing with because I think a lot of people fall into a trap here. The total that's showing is what's currently available to you versus not. Um, is one of the biggest things. And I think this is a reason that Dave wanted people to do the envelope system because you didn't have to go through all of that. Right. You know, if you're taking out $200 a month for food every month, then you know that that $200 is spent because it's in an envelope. So the way that I do that, because um, I do mimic that system, is uh, using bank, several banks. So they are my cash envelope system, so to speak. So instead of having an envelope for food or whatever, the money that goes for food may go into a separate bank account. The money that goes for this may go into a separate bank account. I don't break it down like that, but I do break it down in terms of like my car maintenance. There's an account that's just for that. With the credit union, I don't use very frequently. So I'm not looking to get interest or gain money from this. It's just for my car. But when something happens with my vehicle, that's the debit card I pull out. I don't use any other cards. I use that one card. And a set amount goes into that account every two weeks that is just sitting there accumulating for maintenance because car maintenance doesn't happen every single day but when it does show up i have the money for tires i have the money for a thing this isn't a surprise for me because this is something i know is going to happen because i have a car um and so i kind of break it down like that i don't do the cash envelope because i also don't think it's a great way for me personally to count how where my money is going because i feel like i can spend cash faster yeah, um, exactly. And for some reason with my debit, I'm always thinking like, oh, what's in my account? Did that, did that come out? Right. I don't it, know. My mind is just on that wave. Right, exactly. And the, and the, you know, the thing I like about using electronic is like we said, you can pull up your balance anytime. If I'm in the middle, if I'm at work or if I'm on the metro or whatever the case is, I can pull that up. Whereas with the cash balances, I kind of have to wait till I get home, you know, and really see how much money you know, the grand total is, I mean, you could kind of know before you take, because you're removing the cash from the envelope. So you can kind of know right then and there. Um, you can kind of know right then and there. But me, I just feel much more comfortable just being able to pull up my balances at any time. And you can set things too with like a bank account. Because I know for me, one of the things that I did with my accounts is I have a tracker. I have an alert on my account. So when my account hits below a certain amount, yeah. I get a text that says, hey, your account is below $100 or it's below $50. Or or if I get a large deposit, it says it's over this amount. And that just sort of helps me to remind myself, oh, this account is getting kind of low. You know, the funds, you know, you need to leave it alone or whatever. Whatever it is I'm using it for. But that really helped me. I would say out of anything, even if you don't separate all of your categories and you choose to keep all your money in one place, and we'll kind of get into that in a minute. Um, the car maintenance category was huge for me um, outside of like a savings and stuff like that because I only use that card when I'm doing car maintenance stuff. So it was almost like having a credit card, but it's your own money. 
um, <laughs> that you would have from like a good year and stuff. So that when you are in a car situation, you're not having to, to desperately try to apply for that credit card they try to sell you right before they tell you about your fixtures and you're not touching your emergency savings because the car maintenance thing shouldn't be an emergency savings. But it just allowed me to have that money dedicated every single month to that because the car maintenance stuff wouldn't come up that frequently yeah oh man like that car you said something um you know the car the car fixed you know when you're getting your car fixed and they have those little credit card offers right by the guy's desk and the mechanic comes back and says 600 800 worth of uh, uh maintenance that needs to be done in your car and let's say that these are things that can't wait so um, you being there, I, I saw a guy one time, you know, sign up for those things. And it's, it was almost like he didn't have a choice. It, it was a really sad scene, you know, it, you know, him filling out these, you know, the interest on this thing. Um, we saw yesterday when we were in a store, we saw that the store was offering a credit card. We'll talk about that later. But we saw that the the interest rate, the APR was was 28.99 percent i think that's one percent below the legal limit yeah i mean so i mean it's 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 crucial it's predatory out here people are coming for you and your coins and your credit score and all of that hey it's so it's critical people to really really budget this money put a put a budget together in anticipation of these things because you don't want to be that guy signing up for a credit card, you know, at the at the mechanic. Mm-hmm. That's when they're really going to take advantage of you. So that's where the hustle starts, because that's when you start to. I mean, we personally know both of us from having cars for years, mm-hmm. and even in college, just like you, they they they'll come for you, they'll scam for you. Now, it's not only important to learn about your vehicle and know like what needs to get fixed and all of that, but it's a comforting feeling. And I know you experienced this a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, we were out and something happened with your car and the freedom of having the money to pay for it. Because even with not knowing what the cost was going to be for whatever needed to get fixed with their vehicle, you had the funds to pay for it. Right. There was a relief in not feeling like when they said, oh, it's going to be $1,000, you were like, oh my God, where are we going to find $1,000 from? I don't know what to do. You weren't having to scramble. You had $1,000. So there's a really beautiful relief in having your own funds available to pay for that stuff. And we know it happens. When when the money goes and disappears, you just keep letting it build back up. It's not a failure if your car breaks down and you have to spend 1000 and you only had 1000 in the account. The thing is, you had 1000 in the account. Exactly. The, and then the money keeps coming out every month. So you're just recycling. It just starts building back up slowly but surely. If you're halfway through, because I had that happen when I first started my car maintenance fund, uh, something came up that wasn't the whole cover. But let me tell you, the feeling to have at least half of that covered yep. and not have to take the entire amount out of my budget or my next paycheck or my emergency savings was amazing. And that's kind of where we're a little different with Dave on some of those things because we're not at all financial gurus or financial advisors. We're just giving you our experience and just talking about what's helped work for us. Um, but that's something where we kind of disagree, probably get it a little to in another time, but just so in terms of budgeting and trying to sort of pay off debt when you're doing that, you know, how to build so, somewhat of an emergency uh, savings in the back. But definitely... Excel, writing things down, budget sheets, just a basic journal notebook, um, calculators, mobile apps, mobile apps, online banking apps, 
um, and online uh, just tracking apps and stuff like that are really helpful. Just be really careful with the amount of information you are putting out there. Make sure it's a trusted app. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, larger organizations usually as where I would feel comfortable, your Bank of America's, your Wells Fargo's, even with all of the issues, they're still larger places, your Charles Schwab's, things like that in terms of the comfort of the app. If the app doesn't have like the security features on it that they normally would, even on a website, don't use it. Um, and, you know, just be mindful of the financial information you're putting out there. Yeah. Okay, guys, coming up next in the home stretch, setting your budgeting goals and other helpful things to get you there. My past is my present, baby. I make decisions to glow Ridiculous flow Potential to glow You know I, I just do that Consolidate my readers Line it up Put them together Anyone that ever let me down Forget them forever My memory's bad Remember me though? My memory's gone My memory it limits me Okay so I think we pretty much Talked about You know what your goals are You know why you're budgeting We know it's a roadmap. Um We know that you have your fixed categories and you have your regular things. So your bills, bills, bills. But now the question is, what can you do with your budget outside of that? If you have aspirational goals, uh, whether it be travel, whether it be uh, paying down debt, whether it be acquiring something new, um, how do you fit that into your budget? Mm -hmm. Um, Well, we sort of like talk rubbed up, rubbed, (laughs) Mm -hmm. talked about it a little earlier um you know knowing being able to set goals and being able to do things knowing when how often you get paid so for me it's like you know i i know i'm getting paid twice that month okay so um for some people it varies or things like that um i know when i'm going to get paid so i can sort of set my goals centered around that okay so you set your goals based on your pay period so specifically you get paid two set times in the month. Right. So this would be the example of somebody getting paid on the 1st and the 15th. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, you know, luckily for me, fortunately for me, I'm in a position where, okay, I can sort of take care of all my bills with one pay period. Okay, baller. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, another paycheck or whatever the case is, I can now use to, you know, build wealth, as they like to say. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, invest money and things of that nature. So I can now center my goals around that. I say, okay, I know this is how much money I'm getting. If my goal is to save this amount of money or to put this amount of money away or to build up, like we talked about earlier with the with the car maintenance accounts and all of that, I can sort of do that. Um, but again, it, that sort of plan works because I know that when I'm getting when I'm getting paid and mm-hmm. I and I know when my bills and all of the things that need to get taken care of are being taken care of. So and mine's a, mine is similar. So I'm not going to go that much in depth. Um, my pay, my pay periods are biweekly. So I get paid twice in a month as well. Some and twice a year I get paid three times in a month. Um, but and that's a lot of people who get paid every two weeks. So I'm a biweekly person. But of course, mine's is different because it's not um so you're talking about what fifty two weeks in a year. We're talking mm-hmm. about twenty six pay period. Yep. Um, and so for you biweekly folks, so for me, um, I set my goals similar, and um, so I'm not going to go too much in depth about that. But I did want us to talk briefly just about people in different pay periods and budgeting because I know that can be a, a tough thing for different people, and we want to make sure that we're always 
um, relating back to you guys that we are still in our financial journeys. Nobody is like fully evolved. Mm-hmm. Um, we're some of us, you know, we're both in different places. Um, um, and of course, you all are in different places as well. Some people at the beginning, some people in the middle. I don't think anybody's at the end of their financial journey if you're still alive. Hopefully not. Um, you're just setting bigger and bigger goals for yourself. But um, we've been in different occupations in our life. Um, so we do, we did a different uh, financial level. So we definitely know about uh, different pay periods. I know for me, I went in college. I was a waitress at one point. I actually had two jobs plus school, which is a whole full-time job. But with the waitressing job, I was paid every day. And um, that's a daily situation for some people that are paid daily. So if you're a person that's paid daily, you really have to watch your money and budgeting becomes critical for you because it's enticing to have money every day. And for a waitress, I was having, I wasn't just having money every day. I had cash. So you're talking about having cash in your pocket every (laughs) single day, depending on how well that day went. And you have to remember that that money has to last you for the end of the month because it is your bills. So so you ain't never like you. So you ain't ever been. Have you been in a situation where, okay, you got paid for the day, me and a waitress. And let's just say that it was fifty dollars or whatever it is. Right. You ain't never had the urge to like go stop at like Wendy's or something like that. I definitely <laughs> did. Like you don't want to be eating at or, your restaurant or all just, the time. Or just go bag of, go buy a bag of chips or something. For Absolutely. This like I definitely struggled with that, and that's why I'm speaking to it because I definitely struggled with that in the very beginning. Like probably like the first time that I worked, I luckily had somebody that already worked there. She had actually been a waitress for years, but she was mentioning to me that you know be careful with your money because. It's your money for the whole month. It's your and it's really your bills. You, you're getting your bill money, and so a lot of people get enticed by having money every day. Mm-hmm. And so you have to remind yourself if you get paid daily, uh, and if you get paid weekly, the same rules apply. That you have to remind yourself this is my my money for living. Um, so I can't just spend it daily or just think I'm going to recoup it back because one of the things about the type of job that I had and usually work where you get paid like daily is um, that it's not consistent. So you're not getting paid a set amount every single day. So you don't know if that's going to fluctuate and you want to make sure that you're not overspending that. But definitely I had moments where I slipped and bought, you know, went to Walmart uh, or, you know, didn't want to eat at the restaurant I was working in, even though they provided like a meal for you somewhat. And you, you want to eat something healthy or whatever. And you find yourself kind of going out of your girlfriend's call you and say, hey, let's go to so-and-so. So just be mindful of that. If you're a bi-weekly person like myself, you know you're every two weeks. Um, there are tons of calendars. Your job will usually give you a calendar sometimes or ask, call HR, call payroll, ask for a payroll calendar for the year. Federal government, pretty much a lot of us get paid on the same pay period. Uh, city government, same thing. A lot of us get paid on the same pay period. Call HR, ask for a payment calendar. They have to have one because they use it. So they usually disseminate it to everybody and you can usually get them online as well. Put that up in your house, on the refrigerator, at your desk, so you know when your pay periods are. That will help you tremendously. Yeah. Well, I mean, you talked about getting paid daily. Um, I had a job once where I got paid at the end of every month. So, you know, if you didn't, if you blew your money, you pretty much had to wait a whole month before you got paid again. Um at first, you know, I thought, you know, initially I thought it would be hard, but I actually liked getting paid once a month. Um, I could pay all of my bills at one time, you know, just bam, one time. And then all the money that was left over, you know, that's when you put your money away or save it or do what you want. 
Um, but I was getting like I, I mentioned this in the, in another show. I like getting my money in chunks. I hate getting my money low, you know, a dollar hand there. That just ah, I hate that. I just can't work like that. Um, but you know, I got all of my money in chunks, and the, and the the nice thing, the gratifying thing about it was that I really saw significant changes in the accounts at a specific time. Hmm. That really worked for me, and that really helped me like save and budget my money. Um, not everybody's going to have a situation like that, so you know I want to be clear. I'm not saying everybody should like it or everybody. The point is, is that you know it that style of saving really worked for me. So um, you know everybody's different. So, but it just it was just interesting, you know, the various ways you get paid and how that aligns with the things you're trying to do, your financial goals especially. Um, once a month is a lot different than getting paid one, you know, every day. So the amount of restraint and the amount of discipline that it may take, you know, it varies and and that could be a really big challenge. So I think, uh, one of the things I like that you said was just about, uh, when you got paid monthly that you like to pay all your bills at once. And this is the part I think is critical. Know your bill due dates, Mm -hmm. know when your bills are due and not just, uh, that scenario and and I did want to include something else about the automated or we talked about one of the tools is to automate your your bill payments just be careful with automation specifically from your bank or any other when you're doing an automated bill you're basically allowing your bank to um write a check on your behalf right. to the company you need to find out when your bank does that so and if you automate your bill to be paid, it's not like the money is getting transferred from your bank that day to your bill pay. So it's important that whatever bill you're trying to pay, that you realize that your bank is going to send a check that's going to take a couple of days to get to them. And then when that's accepted, I know that that seems like a lot, but when you're automating your payments, it's important to know that your bill is not being paid. So many people I know don't realize that. When I was in college, I was using bill pay when it wasn't as popular. It was a, a site called My Check Free. Mm. And... I remember getting something like an alert from the electric company about not receiving my payment on time. And I was like, oh, I sent it off. And the bill was due like the 29th. And I think I got paid like the 27th. So I just thought, okay, I'm just going to set it up for that. It takes a couple of days when you're doing those online transactions, even from your own bank, for them to send that check out and then for it to be received. So it's really critical when you're doing these automated payments that you realize the type of transfer that's occurring between your bank and between the, the debt that you owe. And realizing the time frame that you're paying these bills. Okay, so there's a difference. What I'm hearing is because when I talk about auto pay, normally when you go, like, let's say you want to pay your cable bill, you go to Comcast website, you go and you say, you know, you go through Comcast and you say set up auto pay. So Mm -hmm. what they'll do is they'll automatically bill your account. That's correct. Right. Now, what you're talking about is these auto pay services where you set up the bill and then you set up the automatic payments and what they do is they cut a check basically to Comcast rather than Comcast drafting, you know, setting up an auto draft of your bank account. Yes. So that is something that you'll normally get when you start a new bank account with any bank, they'll offer that service to you. Your credit unions, your bank accounts will offer the service to do that. You can automate your bills through them. And a lot of people feel comfortable doing that versus going to each individual bill that they have and setting up that auto draft Mm -hmm. Um, because people draft things at different times in the day. So depending on when your check hits, 
Some people may draft you at midnight that time. Some people may draft you at 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock. So it just depends. But either way, just know when your payment is set to be due. For instance, I have an auto pay with my gym membership. But it technically doesn't come out of my account. My gym membership is due on the first of each month. It actually doesn't leave my account until the third. Mm. So even though that they, they're supposed to charge me on the first, actually doesn't come out until the third. And it happens every single month that way. So my thing with the is about reading your statements, knowing your bill due dates, and seeing when things are debited from your account help you to sort of get to that place where you really understand your finances. Um, you can do a set it and forget it depending on, you know, maybe how much you earn. Um, but you should never be so set it and forget it that you don't know. Yeah. But you want to see when those things actually get drafted out of your account. Things are due on the 1st and the 15th that don't get drafted for four or five days. Things that are due, um, if you just do a bill pay and you have it to be set to be paid a certain time, it may take some time for that check to travel. And your bank can make mistakes. In my former job, I had that happen quite frequently with people's like health insurance and things like that that would come out. So it's just really critical to sort of know uh, that information. Um, but let's talk briefly about setting goals. So we're trying to round out the episode. We went over so much information today. Mm -hmm. Um, when we're talking about setting goals for what you want to do and what's some tips in general that you have with budgeting overall? Um, what worked? I'm trying to think here. What's something that really, really worked for me when it came to budgeting? Um, one of the things that I, that I would say you do is um, set an amount in your head of how much you want to spend on something. So if you like, let's say all of your utilities or whatever the case is, um, let's say you I want to spend three hundred dollars on utilities. Damn, um, <laughs> No, I'm just throwing that number out there. OK, so um, three hundred dollars. So. Um, your electricity bill and things like that, you sort of want to, because that fluctuates, you sort of have to, you know, pad that a little bit. Um, but let's say, I, all right, I want to stay within 60 to $70 of my electricity bill. So you kind of have to know what you need to do to make that happen, but stick to that. Um, like not, not turning up the heat. Yeah, yeah not turning up the heat or Jesus. not, you know, turning off all of your appliances and things it's of that iceberg nature. iceberg in here. <laughs> but, um... You know, another thing is like we talked about earlier, gym memberships is big. Um, if you know, know that you're okay, I want to spend $40 a month on my gym membership. I'm not going above that no matter what. Um, you know, that's another way of looking. That's what you set these amounts in your head and you do what you can to stick to them. So controlling costs. Right. Controlling costs. On your end, where are you able to control it? Your usage, your water usage, your electricity usage, controlling your costs to make sure that it meets uh, the guesstimation that you have for how much this will cost or how much you want of your budget to spend on that. Right, exactly. So you sort of have a number in your head what you want to spend on these categories that we talked about earlier. You have a set amount that you want to spend and you really, it's this is the discipline part is where you really stick to that number. That way you know at the end of the month, your budget is never going to be exact. So you have to understand that as well. People think that, oh, when I have a budget, everything has to be exact. I, you know, it has to be exactly this amount up to the penny. And no, it doesn't have to be exact. It's, it's going to change. Right. It's going to change. But it needs to be an approximate, you know, within ballpark of that number that you want. 
I think uh, you brought up a good point, which is discipline. That is really, really important in this. This will all pretty much be a house of cards that will fall if you do not discipline yourself. And it's difficult. I know as a person that struggles with saving, and I always bring it up, even if I've been delivered from some of those aspects of it, it's still always a thing you struggle with. So um, I want to encourage people to um, just give yourself some grace. Realize it's a hard process for everyone. Some people will be relatively easy, um, but for some people it is going to be difficult, especially if you're not in a mindset of coming out of a place that's always about saving. So give yourself some grace and some patience, um, but take it serious. You know, set your mindset up that this is a goal that you want to reach. Take it serious and dedicate yourself to really making yourself better. It is a holistic thing. So it's just really critical that you understand where like the mind and the financial connection work. So for instance, when you're doing that, that where you're just starting to track your spending, if that's where you're starting off, if you're starting at the beginning part, I really suggest before you set up a budget, just track your spending first. When you do that week of spending and you see the category that's high, like notice where it's high and why. That's a that's a mind connection. It's not just a financial connection. Okay, I just need to spend less money on eating, but why are you eating out so much? Right. Do you not cook? Uh, do you have me- you know medical issues? Um, you know, are you simply lazy? Uh, is it something where you are in a situation that forces you to have to constantly eat out all the time or whatever the situation may be. So realize the connection of where your money comes in or changes to where you're doing uh, certain things. Um, you know, dedicating yourself to being better about it every day and giving yourself a lot of grace and a lot of um, don't beat yourself up so much when you fail at it because mm-hmm. you will fall. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna have missteps and you know things are gonna happen that's gonna you know lead you astray a little bit, but. You know, when you fall off the wagon, just get back on it. Um, one of the things Does that... yourself fall from trying it, trying it. <laughs> well, one of the things that worked for me in terms of mindset was that my thinking, and this is just me, I'm not saying everybody else has to do it, but let's say it's January 1st and you have these goals to save money or whatever the case is, or get out of debt or whatever the case is. My mindset is that I know that 12 months from now is going to happen. 12 months is going to pass by. I don't want to be in a situation where I look back and say, man, if I would have been doing this for the 12 months that I said I was going to do it, I would be here instead of where I'm at. Um, You know, one of the things that I joke around my friends is I say, you know, I don't want to be 40 and broke. Um, So but in my mind, I'm laughing and joking, but I'm not playing. Um, and my Ooh. mind, and <laughs> my mind, I'm saying, look, I don't want to be 40 years old and broke, so I need to start investing my money and things. And I'm going to be 40. That's the way I look at it. Nobody's promised tomorrow, of course. But in my mind, I'm going. 40 is coming, and it's going to. 40 is coming, and there's nothing you can do about that. So you don't want all that time to go by. And then when you hit 40, you don't have anything to show for it. So the discipline is just critical. And if you are 40 and you're listening to this and right. you're not in that place, start today. Yes. Yeah, so today. we don't want you to feel like that that's a, a, a pivotal point. Um, but if it is the point that you're starting at, start today. Right. Start today. Start, start this week where we start this week off. Wherever you are in the week, 
and track your spending. Start off with that. Just be different. No matter what income level you're at, you can do this. So we really do want people to start to think about how you want to set up your budget, how you want to add things, um, and just get into the mindset of the discipline part. Um, I know something that worked for me was just making sure that I understood, like you said, like with me, it was about yearly things as well, like what you don't want to still be the case in a year. Mm -hmm. And when I found myself falling off, if I slipped, I just kind of apologized to myself and kind of got back on. Um, So uh, that's what I talk about when I say give yourself some grace um, because you're not going to know all of it. You're not going to figure it all out. You're not going to know every single thing there is to know. And you're going to fuck up. That's just the truth about it. You're going to have, you're going to slip into your old habit um, the goal is to stop yourself when you think you're about to do that. When you think that you're taking that target run and you know you don't really need to spend that money. Um, I was in three stores, what, the other day mm-hmm. looking at like furnishing stuff. Uh, he knows that's something I love to do. And uh, <laughs> he's yeah. had to sit around for some stuff. And I remember like I was in every one of those stores and I wanted to buy everything that I saw. So, and I was like, you know what, just take pictures and write stuff down. Cause you know what you're looking at and you want to stick with this budget for how you want to furnish and you have a furnishing budget. Um, and so everything was about getting to a place where you feel comfortable walking out of a store and not having opened your wallet at all. And when I figured out the thing that I did really want, we went back yesterday and I got it, but it was something that like, it was one item I wasn't everywhere all over. And it was very clear about what I was going to do. And that wasn't a place I was at even five years ago. I definitely would be like, oh, I want this. I want this. I wasn't spending everything, but I was picking up things I didn't need or would regret later not, you know, having bought. So just realizing what you need to acquire and a mindset that's just consistent on striving to be your best self and putting in uh check marks and sort of benchmarks along the way of things that worked for you that are critical for you and then also things that don't work for you and learning how to sort of stop yourself in a moment of temptation um we're talking about temptation we're talking about all these different things would have been some tricks that have helped you with the saving and budgeting part so now you got your budget you basically went down and you did you've tracked your spending you figured out what, what path they're going to use to budget, whether it be online or on, on paper. You got your whole notebook together or your Excel spreadsheet. You know your categories of what you have to spend. Um, you set even goals up. You may want to travel, and so you're going to put a fund together to travel. Um, what are some of the things that have helped you to sort of save money for those budgeting categories and things that you um, – sort of want people to know and keeping track of things. I know one of the things that you said was critical for you, we kind of both do this, was saving your documentation that is important financial uh, documents. It helps you to stay organized. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the one of the things, like, with the, find, with the documents, of course, you, one of the things that I do, and I would suggest everybody do, is, you know, make, make electronic copies of those documents. Taxes. Exactly. Um, each statements like um, when I paid off my student loan, um, I received Woo-hoo! a document. Yeah. <laughs> I received the document from the from the lender, you know, verifying and confirming that I paid off the loan. So make an electronic copy of that and keep that somewhere. Also frame it. Yeah, frame it. Do what you need to do. Yeah, I mean, no, but, but seriously, if you... If framing it as something that you feel like is going to help you, help prevent you from going back to that place, then that's what you need to do. You know, who cares if people says it's bragging or whatever it is? It's key. It's helping you. 
And that's the thing that you need to keep in mind. Um, do these little things that help you and keep you in that mindset to reach that goal. Like I said, I'm not, I don't want three, four years to go by and I say, man, if I were just doing this or whatever it is, like I said I was going to do, I'd be in a much better place. But definitely keep keep those documents, electronic copies of those documents, scan them, do what you need to keep them in email copies like you like to do. Yeah, I definitely, I scan uh, my documentation. Be careful about where you do this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um I would definitely say if we were talking about investing in things that help you, I definitely say if you can at some point, and these run anywhere between 20 to about, I would say $60 is the most I would be willing to spend on one, uh, get yourself a paper shredder. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Keep important documents. You don't need to keep every single document. Remember, a lot of your statements are online. A lot of your bills are online for a full year. Um, if you want to download them all at one time, you can. You don't really have to download every bill. Um, now, bank statements are a little tricky. So I would say anytime that you make, this is such a critical point because I've seen this happen to so many people in my former work and just even now. If you have paid something off that is critical or large, print out that bank statement. So because when you go back to your bank, usually after a year, if you don't have, if you need a copy of that statement, you have to pay your bank for that. Right. So once is a certain period, your bank will no longer keep archiving. They'll always keep an archive, but they will no longer keep archiving your statements. So if you just paid off your student loans in your last payment or you paid off a major bill um, in one full swoop, get a copy of that statement, download it and keep it Mm -hmm. so that you have a paper copy of it. Because going back to your bank, one, they have to locate it. And you never know when things can pop up. You can get an audit from the IRS, anything, and you have to now go through your documentation and you don't have that anymore. And going to your bank, they have to locate it and they have to find it. So I would always suggest to keep an electronic copy of your documentation. Um, from And it'll be in your budget if you're doing it electronically or by hand. Um, and you can always like shred that stuff, like paper, just make sure you're shredding it. We don't want you living in a house full of paper or just have a thousand documents on your um you know, on your computer of just like budgets from forever. But you definitely need to have some sort of process of when you're going to dump things and sort of get rid of it, but make sure you're keeping the critical things so that you always have them on hand unless they get called back uh, for information. Uh, one of my other personal favorites is for people who are budgeting, you may not have a lot of debt. You may have some debt, but you still have to live a very little life. Um, and you have to buy clothes, things like that. You do want to reduce your spending significantly, especially if a lot of your financial goals are including paying paying off things, paying down debt, paying off credit cards, things like that. Um, one of the places I think you should be looking is your email. Not only just the facts, those documents we talked about, you saving into it, but if you are going to be spending money um, you know, unsubscribe from emails that are not serving your purpose. So you get a lot of circulars, a lot of sales mails now, nothing's through the mail as much anymore mm-hmm. of all these sales that are happening. If you notice Bath and Body Works, shout out to them and a couple of other places, mm-hmm. there's always a sale going on. You're not really going to miss any major sales besides maybe Black Friday. You're not missing any major sales. So unsubscribe to things that are not serving your purpose. So they're not blocking your email and then not stuffing up your email box with a bunch of temptation. If you're somebody that as soon as you see a sale for so-and-so, you're going to go to that page, unsubscribe from those things. Um, I think Gmail does this really well. If you haven't been looking at something for a while, it'll say, do you want to unsubscribe from it? But at every 
on the back, on the bottom of every one of those sale things, at the bottom there is a tiny link that says unsubscribe. Mm -hmm. If it's not serving you, you feel like you're going to be tempted to shop at these stores, unsubscribe from them. But on the reverse, if you're doing okay, we're talking about saving for financial goals and also meeting your budgeting, always be looking for a coupon. So if you are doing okay and you can spend that money, always be looking for a coupon for shopping someplace. If, if Honestly, I don't really shop too many places that I don't have a discount or coupon from. Mm-hmm. Use your discounts from your employment. Use your discounts from your banks. Tons of banks have discounts that you do not know about. Your credit unions, triple A, constantly be looking for a coupon and discount. I pretty much don't do too many things that don't have either one where I'm not saving some sort of money. But where I don't need to spend the money, focus on your goals. So I think that that's something that uh, we talked about. So we wanted to kind of rehash. I think it's tracking your spending, mm-hmm. knowing your financial goals, creating a budgeting system, um, setting by budget goals for what you want to do. Using those tools. Don't forget to use the tools to maximize, mm-hmm. you know, your budgeting efforts. Yeah. And we're going to try to maybe start an Amazon store. We have some links to things that we use that are helpful and critical for you. Uh, but we also want to know how do you budget? Was this episode helpful? Leave down comments below. Let us know what you liked, what you didn't like about the episode. And also, how do you budget? How did you figure out that... Uh, the best how did you figure out the best way to sort of track your money yep um yeah definitely let us know what some of your but some of your budgeting tips i mean we don't know everything yeah you know something (laughs) new that i could save please let me know so uh we thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next episode so i think we did an episode yeah i think we we did an episode if you've been sticking with us so far thank you i'm tamika i'm al and this is Seedless Watermelon. Thank you, back To the time when it was all good. The golden era. <laughs>